Happy New Year. It's fun. You get a full greeting all day that you don't have to think about. So Happy New Year. Um, this month and today we're going to be starting a new series called Re, um, as you just saw. And uh, there's a lot of words that begin with that title, that begin with R-E. Um, and today as we look at a couple of those, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to be in 23 through 26. A lot of these words that we just saw that begin with R-E are refresh or replay or remind, renew, restore, revive. Um, and as our pastor described it in this way in our upcoming 21 Days of Prayer book, it says, these two letters give new meaning and purpose to any word they are applied to. This little prefix indicates new application, new effort, and new experience. It implies going back to the beginning to start afresh. And as Sarah already mentioned, it's, it's culturally appropriate today, and it's, you probably have already heard or talked about or discussed New Year's resolutions. You've heard people talk about resolutions. You might have made a list and come up with a list. Uh, but as it's new, as there is a new year, and we've talked about it this morning, uh, I'm assuming that there's three specific groups of people when it comes to resolutions. Number one is, as Sarah mentioned, those type A people, is you have already made a list of New Year's resolutions. You may have laminated it already. You may have put it on your fridge and you probably told like three to five people because if you don't tell people, it didn't really happen. So we have that bucket of people. And then number two is the people who hate those people who are absolutely do not like resolutions, who think they're vanity, who think they're a lost cause and who are really just annoyed by the people who laminate things. So we have that group. And then we have number three, uh, you just don't really care. You think resolutions are okay, they're good. You might make some, you, you, you're not offended when people make resolutions, um, but you're just kind of apathetic and you're like, yeah, whatever, resolutions. You just think today is another Sunday, it's just another day, it's not a new year, which is fine. Um, but today, um, I wanna do a couple things. Uh, I wanna advise those of us who have already made a list to reconsider that list through the lens of God's word. And I fall into category one, but I'm becoming less crazy every year um, because every year I get more realistic, mostly because I start actually tracking the stuff that I make a goal for. And when you track anything, you're either pleasantly surprised or like remorse inevitably follows when you do that because you're like, oh man, I didn't do any of those things. Um, just throw that one away. And that's why the new year, it's kind of, you just get to start over. So I'm kind of in that one camp. Um, but I also wanna encourage those who are opposed to resolutions or you just don't really care um, to consider biblically resolving and making some resolutions to grow into the image of Christ this year. And ultimately for all of us, however you fall, I want to encourage all of us that before we look ahead, it is wise to first slow down and remember. It's, it's wise to look back, uh, specifically as we take communion at the end of the service to specifically remember Christ before we look ahead to anything else. So I wanna read this passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. 
Father, today I pray for all of us that we would grow in the knowledge of you, that in the reverence of you. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would please illuminate your scriptures to all of us today. Um, fill us and feed us and guide us and make us holy as our Father is holy. Um, Jesus, as we take this time to remember you and to remember your work and your character, your sacrifice, may we leave here loving you, Jesus, more and dying to ourselves. Um, God, I pray that Orlando Baptist Church in 2023 would be about glorifying you in all that we say and do and proclaiming your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, uh, before we resolve and look at resolutions, I want us to remember. And when I say the word remember, you probably had something pop into your head immediately because we use that word a lot. It could be as easy as a song, like, Do You Remember by Earth, Wind & Fire, or Remember Me by uh, Coco. which if you need a good cry, just play that song. It'll get you every time. Uh, but we remember things. We just went through Christmas. You remember Christmases. You might remember New Year's Eves. You might remember vacations. Uh, but you also remember hard times. We remember family that we lost. We remember things and loss in the last year or in our life. And so remembering um, is a powerful action. In Latin, these, it's two words. The R-E that even in this, in this series is expressing intensive force, which really just means like setting your mind to something and doing it on purpose. That re is we are active towards something. And, and memor in Latin is mindful, which means to set your mind to something. When we remember, we call something to mind, or you can cause yourself to remember something. And that's what I want us to do today. It's a powerful action. Remembering can give us hope, it can cause nostalgia, it can make us fearful for what has happened to us in the past or fearful for what is to come. Remembering can cause sadness and grief to stir up again. Remembering can give us extreme joy in just a minute. We live in a world where we have photos and videos all the time. I could be having a horrible day and I just put on a video of my son doing crazy stuff and it makes me happy. It's, we can remember things instantly so much. And Jesus knows this. Um, and so the night before his crucifixion, when he was betrayed, he sat with the 12 and he instituted communion or the Lord's Supper, which is the passage we just read. Um, and Jesus in his grace and his goodness, uh, there's that verse in Psalms where it says, he knows our frame. So Jesus knew the men at the table with him. He knew their doubts, he knew their fears, he knew their anxieties. He knew uh, that they have and we have this constant battle with our flesh uh, in the spirit. Jesus knows our temptations, he knows our struggles, he knows our sadness and our hurts. And ultimately Jesus knows and knew that his church needed a consistent and tangible way to stop together and remember him. So he instituted communion. Do this in remembrance of me because Jesus knew how important it is for us to stop and to remember. Especially in this culture, like we are, you can be distracted forever. There's endless opportunities for us to just check out and distract ourselves with anything, even good things. And Jesus knew that and did this on purpose. So today, uh, today is simple. I want to call to mind through scripture. I want us to remember and to help us remember, uh, to remember Jesus and to look at Christ. And we're gonna look at a lot of verses, uh, which will all be on the screen and you, you can flip to them if you want, but maybe just sit and let me read these and remind you of who Jesus is and who we are in him. First one is this, remember that Jesus is God the Son. 
John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus, before he came to earth, has always been God the Son. He was not created. The creed says he was not created but begotten. He has always been. In him were all things created. Colossians 1 says that he's currently holding all things together. That is, that is Jesus, and we need to remember who he is, that he came, he's God the Son, and came here. And that's also who he is, is Emmanuel. We just celebrated Christmas. God with us. John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. So here we see that Jesus is God. And when he came to earth, he did not stop being God in the incarnation, which the more you look into it, the more it just hurts your head. Jesus came, he did not stop being God, but he began to be man. He took on human flesh, but he did not lose any of his deity. He is God with us. And we see in the Gospels that he is the good shepherd. Matthew 9, 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's one of my favorite things to do when I read in Scripture where it talks about Jesus having compassion because um, I, I think it's important to stop and realize he had compassion on individual people. He had compassion on crowds of people. Uh, but Jesus came for sinners. He came for the broken. He came for individual people. And we need to remember that. He came for you and for me. He had compassion. And through that, he became Savior. 1 Timothy 1.15, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. And that's Paul talking, saying he is the foremost of sinners. And I love, uh, if we can remember, every one of the, us in this room and online, um, we are all sinners. And what I mean by that is we have the God that we serve is holy and perfect and righteous, and he has a law. And anything that we do that comes short of that law then makes us not holy and not perfect. And as we're talking about resolutions, we just talked about and we all laughed about, remember your 2022 resolutions? You made a list, you made your own law. How many of you upheld your own law? You're a sinner. We can't even uphold our own things that we want to do, that we set out. So we are the opposite of a holy God, which means that we are not deserving of heaven. We are not deserving of eternity with God. In fact, we deserve the opposite. We deserve hell. We deserve separation from God. We do not deserve anything else. And we need to remember that as sinners, but it doesn't stop there. This is the goodness of the gospel. Ephesians 2, 4, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Do you remember how Jesus saved you? Like, do you remember that often? Do you remember the day? Do you, because that's one thing that's, uh, we just read all these truths, but that's the one thing that's individual to each of us. No one has my story. No one has your story. It's all different. But Jesus uh, has saved us. God has revealed himself to us in individual ways. I remember the day, I don't know when, 
but I remember specifically the day. It was a Sunday afternoon after church during nap time. That was back in the day when you had Bible study and you had regular church at 1030 and then you had Sunday night church. So that was sacred time in the middle. Like, don't talk to your parents, but I did. I remember walking into my parents' room during nap time um, and my mom was sleeping on the left side of the bed and I went up and I don't like being scared. And whenever she gets woken up, she would get rattled and it would rattle me. And it was just, so I was like, I remember gently trying to wake her up and I was just asking like, mom, I, uh, can you tell me how to be saved? Um, and then she showed me how and how to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And that, that was as simple as that. Um, but no one else has that story like mine. But do you stop and remember, like Jesus saved me on that day. Um, and I, I love that and it's so important. I also got saved several times on the way home from Sunday night church because there's a lot of fire and brimstone back in the day and I would get really scared. I'm just saying, I'd be in the backseat just like, please, 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 please. <laughs> it's like, just scared. I'm just, yep. That's a sermon for another day that you don't need to worry about it. But Jesus came to be savior. He came to save sinners. Um, and he, to do that, he died on the cross and was raised from the dead. We just sang about that multiple times and I'm so happy we did. First Corinthians 15, three through eight, Paul's delivering the gospel. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me." And that is the goodness of the gospel, that Jesus came for a purpose. He didn't come just to heal people. He didn't come just to teach some good stuff that we follow so that we can live better lives. Jesus came for a purpose and died for a purpose for individual sinners to save us from an eternity in hell separated from him. He came to give us life and life to the full. He didn't come to give us rules. He came to give us an abundant life following him. And I don't know, there's some of you in here, this might be you came to church on January 1st and you're just trying it out. Maybe some of you in here um, are holding on um, some hurt, some church hurt from someone. I could have hurt you. Um, but where you say like, I don't wanna be around those hypocrites, those church people. I, I like to look at this verse and just ask the question, but does that, any of that mean that Jesus didn't raise from the dead? Because we still have to come to terms with that, that reality that Jesus was a real person who really died. And this says in scripture that more than 500 people saw him after he raised from the dead. So what are we gonna do with that? Because he really did and we believe it. And that is why we're here. If he didn't raise from the dead, this is a waste of time. But he did, and he is alive. And because he's alive and because he was raised from the dead, he is now our great high priest. Remember that Jesus is the great high priest. In Hebrews 4, 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. I love that verse because not only was Jesus fully man when he was here, but he was tempted the same way that I am. For 33 years, he lived a life that is similar to ours. He experienced loss, he experienced temptation face to face with Satan himself. He was killed, he was mocked, he was ridiculed, he was dealing with people who did not have faith and he just wanted them to believe so much. He knows what we've gone through. 
And because he knows what we've gone through and because he is our perfect high priest and because he was raised from the dead, he has power to sustain us. So remember that he, Christian, sustains you. Hebrews 7 says, but he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. I love that. And if you're in here today and you don't know Jesus as Savior, that verse should give you hope. There's no one too gone or too far gone or have sinned too much. He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Christ Jesus. And that is the gospel. Jesus' blood is not just powerful enough for, for some or, you know, one sinner is different from another. Like, it, it is powerful. It's the most powerful and precious commodity that's ever been. It is powerful enough to save to the uttermost and to hold us and to sustain us. He will hold us fast. And now, as we already sang, he is the king. Mark 14, again, the high priest asked him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. He is currently king and residing. And as Colossians said, he holds all things in the palm of his hand. He is currently reigning over this present world and reigning over everything, holding it together. I love me some Charles Spurgeon, so here's some of him. Remember Jesus till you feel that he is with you, till his joy gets into your soul and your joy is full. Remember him till you begin to forget yourself, your temptations and your cares. Remember him till you begin to think of a time when he will remember you and come in his glory for you. Remember him till you begin to be like him. And that's the goal, right? In this life is to be like Christ, is for us to follow him and to act like him and to look like him. And we know this is true because it's God's desire for us. And we know it's true because we know what eternity looks like. Eternity is resurrected bodies that don't decay anymore, that don't die. There's no more sin, there's no more death, there's no more sadness, there's no more tears, there's no more hurt. We are sitting in the presence of God, praising him and singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty forever. That's what that looks like. And to have God's kingdom come is to have that on earth, is to, is to live a life that is simply like that. And that is what we're being called to that looks like Jesus. So when we remember Christ, when I look at these verses and I remember Christ, I conclude that it is beneficial for me to make some resolutions in my life that point me to him every day. I think it's important for us to do it. So if you're number two, I'm sorry, I just proved you wrong. So before we resolve, we have to remember and constantly remember. So now I wanna move on to resolve. And that word is literally in Latin, you just break apart the thing again. You have re, which means to put your mind to something, to actively do something, and then you have solve, like solve a problem. In Latin, that literally means to loosen. Something could be tight, like a cookie jar. You have to solve the problem of how to get a cookie. You have to loosen the jar and open it. We have to set our mind to something, and you can have personal resolve. Like some people are very determined is another word for that. Resolve is, is firm determination to do something. So as we remember Christ and remember what he's done, and remember what he's called us to do, we can make these resolutions. And I wanna use one of my favorite prayers in scripture to guide us. It is 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12. It says this, to this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Verse 11 here, Paul makes it clear that um, because he's praying this over the church, that our God wants to fulfill every one of our resolves if, if they are for doing good according to God's definition of good, if they are works of faith, if they are done by his power, and if ultimately they are giving Christ Jesus the glory for what it is. It says that God wants to fulfill those resolves for good. He wants to do that. So there can be resolutions that we make that God says, yes, I want you to do these things. I want you to walk into this. So we know that we're encouraged to do it. And as Paul is praying this, so what from this scripture can we resolve to do in 2023? I'm gonna keep it simple. There can be a list of a hundred things that you wanna do, but ultimately I conclude this. We need to pray. Paul is constantly in prayer for himself, constantly in prayer for individuals in scripture, and he's constantly in prayer for all of these individual churches that he helped plant. That's what, to this end, we always pray for you. And when he writes that, I believe him. And Paul says, pray without ceasing. He was the one that said that. And he, he was praying in jail. He was praying all the time that we see him doing ministry, especially in tough times. Paul was a praying person. And I know that this is an important resolution for us to do, to pray more, because if you ever ended a year and say, man, I prayed too much, because I don't think it's possible. And I think that's a good test of like, what should you do more of? Something that you can't do too much of. I don't think we can pray enough. And that tells me that we should be doing it more. Prayer, we've talked about a lot as a church and our pastor is truly a praying man. And that's why I love being around him because he reminds us to stop and pray and the importance of prayer. But prayer is stopping to acknowledge that I am not in control of anything and that the world around us is not in my control, it is in God's control. We remember that our God is the one that is in control of all things. Um, and really like when we pray like that, it should cause us to rest and be like, yes, I, I don't have any of this under control, but you do. And I've been asked to pray and told to pray. It should cause us to rest, to reset, to reorient our day and our lives, but it also causes us to remember Prayer is one of those things that constantly gets us in that remembering state of who Christ is and what he's done for you. Remembering what you should do, what good works you should walk into is done through prayer. R.C. Sproul said, the chief rule of prayer is to remember who God is and to remember who you are. If we remember those two things, our prayers will always and ever be marked by adoration and confession. And those are two very important things to be marked by in our prayer is proclaiming who God is and remembering who we are and confessing where we have fallen short. Next Monday, January 9th, uh, we're gonna start 21 days of prayer as a church. And I love doing this in the new year. I love praying together. There's camaraderie. When you know hundreds of people are praying the exact same thing every single day, it just like, it, it excites me. It makes me um, just so happy to be a part of a church family. But we're praying specifically this year for revival in three different areas. We're praying for revival individually in our lives, for God to stir up and to revive me and to revive every single one of us, to revive us as a church, as a whole, to make sure that we are for God's kingdom and we are doing what God wants us to do. And then praying for revival in this community, praying for the people in the communities when we're gonna be door knocking in the next couple Saturdays, praying for revival there. And you're gonna hear a whole much more about that next week from our pastor, but um, let's look at the scripture and what else can we resolve to do? We pray first, but what else can we do in 2023? And the next one is we can make resolutions that point us to spiritual growth. 
It says that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. Um, Paul prays that God would make us worthy. And there's a difference here. Justification when we're in Christ means I have been made righteous with God, I've been made worthy, but he's saying that he would make us worthy, which is a continuing process. So this is talking about holiness or sanctification. This is talking about the Holy Spirit making me more like Christ every day. So if Paul is praying that over people, we know that this is a good endeavor, this is a good thing. It also means it's possible that God wants me to be less Corey and more Jesus every single day. Because Paul's praying that, we know it. And, and that's what growth is. And it comes when, I love that he writes, understanding our God. We can grow in the knowledge of who our God is, his attributes and what the word says about him. But to understand that he is my God and he is your God, he is my father and your father, to know him. And the best way to know him and to grow that way is through his word. As we read in John 1, Jesus is the word. So when we abide in Christ, we are abiding in the word. They, they're the same. God's word is perfect and inerrant and it is good for all things and for growth and for teaching us and reproving us and rebuking us. Uh, but when we are in our word, uh, we are in Christ and we can grow and that's how God grows us. So do you have a resolution to be in your Bible every day? Whatever that might look like. Um, and it'll take a minute, like stop and assess where you're at. Like be true with yourself. Like where is your Bible reading at? Like truly, if I had to like watch you in a week, if you had to watch me, where are we really at? Assess that and then, and then take a step forward. I, I have this app that sends me quotes um, from books I've read like five a day and I read one this morning on the way here at a red light, don't worry. And um, it was from John Ortberg in this book, but he talked about, um, I think it's really important because Bible reading, we can get really caught up and I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it like that person. Um, but he had this quote and he talked about a lot of times we get discouraged in spiritual growth, especially in prayer and in reading our Bible because we try to do what worked for somebody else. Um, and he uses the illustration of David saying, I'll go fight Goliath. And Saul's like, cool, go put my armor on. And David put on grown man armor and is clanging around and can't even move. He's using weapons that aren't for him. So as you look at scripture this year, I don't even wanna tell you what I do. I don't even wanna tell you what you should do, but assess where you're at and figure out your personality and what's good for you and be in your Bible every day, whatever that might be. If you're not reading it at all, you can use an Atomic Habits uh, little thing and just say, read Romans for one minute every day, whatever that might be, because it's doable. And the purpose is it's just to get you started. If you read your Bible for one minute, you'll probably read longer than one minute. And if you do that every day, it's not just to check a box, it is to grow spiritually, is to know our Lord and our Savior. So have a plan to do that every year and every day. Take a step forward in your daily devotion. What else can we learn from this? And the last one is this, is doing good works in faith. That our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. So doing good works in faith, and that again is by God's definition of what is good. We need to step out in faith and serve others. We need to love the unlovable. We need to love people. We need to love our families. We need to serve our community. We need to be used by God in our circles of influence. We all just celebrated the holidays and that could have been with no one or it could have been with 30 people around a table. We all have a different table that we sit at, a different circle of influence that God can use us in. 
we're called to do good there. And I love that he says, it's never by your power. That's why it's so important to do things that take you out of your comfort zone. You saw a picture of me doing door knocking yesterday. I am an introvert. I did not want to. I prayed, I was doing the, like, please don't answer the door. Um, but there's something about that. Extroverts who love being with people, who love door knocking, who'd be like, please, let me talk to all the people. I'll cold call people and tell them about Jesus. I guarantee you need more time alone in scripture and prayer than you're getting. And introverts like me who wake up when it's dark and have a cup of coffee and read our Bible and do not want to talk to anybody for the first hour, I need to go out and door knock and evangelize because both of those things, if it's not your personality, it stirs up, stirs up looking like Christ. And it is a good work and it's a good work for you and it's a good work for others. We're being formed into the image of Christ even for the sake of others and God can do that. And so those are some resolutions we can make this year. Freeway is an easy way or anything you can do to serve in our church or anything. Ask God to give you ideas of how you can serve and I believe he will give them to you. And it can start walking next door, one driveway over and see how you can love and serve your neighbors. But God wants to do that. But all of these spiritual practices work together in harmony. I, I've been in seasons of life where one of those is the idol where I'm like, I only read my Bible and there's no prayer and there's no service and it's a dry season. And you can be serving your butt off, but if you're not being filled up, if you're not praying, if you're not praying and even asking God, is this what you want me to be serving in? Then we're missing the mark there. These all work together. So have resolutions that work together to make you more like Jesus. And that's just a couple things. And surely there's more things on your list that are good and you've made a list. Maybe you wanna save money. Maybe you wanna go on a vacation. Maybe you want to exercise more. Maybe you want to eat better. Maybe you wanna read books. Those are good things, but make sure they're lining up with God's definition of good and make sure they are glorifying him. This quote from Richard Baxter is really good. He's a Puritan from a very long time ago. Remember your ultimate purpose. And when you set yourself to your day's work or approach any activity in the world, let holiness to the Lord be written upon your hearts in all that you do. So as we resolve to grow in 2023, let us never neglect to remember Christ Jesus first. Never remember him, who he is, what he has done and who we are in him. So as we close in a second, we are going to take communion. Um, but communion is meant, um, even I know there, there's kids in here, so parents help with this. Communion is meant to be observed um, by professing Christians that we do together to be done in remembrance of what Jesus has done in his saving work. Um, so if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as savior, in just a minute, we're gonna have a time of prayer. You can come talk to me and I would love to tell you how you can make him the Lord of your life. Um, but this is for professing Christians and in just a minute, we're gonna have a time to sing um, and a time to pray. Uh, but church, before we do that, I wanna read uh, the passage after the communion passage, 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 28, it says this, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So I'm gonna give us just a few minutes before we sing or anything. Um, you can do this in your seats, the altars are open, but this tells us to examine ourselves, uh, to take a minute to repent of sins that you know uh, that come to your mind immediately. You can also pray and ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of sins because we're promised he'll do that, to ask him uh, to show you anything. 
you need to repent of, but I wanna, wherever you're at, if you wanna sit in your seat and do this, we're gonna have a couple minutes of silence and I'm gonna go down and pray and examine myself. And then we're gonna sing and I'm gonna invite the deacons up and we're gonna share communion together. So take this time to pray and then we're gonna sing.